quiz time. Thanks for reading, Thomas. Hey, everyone. Morning. How are we? Pretty good. I'll take it. Um, I have a statement for you, and that statement is a fact. I know Taylor Swift. What? Here's some proof, some other proof. I know a lot of Taylor Swift songs, maybe not all of them, but I know a lot of them. I know that she's named her cats Meredith Grey, Olivia Benson, and Benjamin Button after some characters from her favorite TV series. Uh, I have 1989 Collector's Edition on CD with lots of like cute little Polaroids of Taylor in it. And I have a few vinyl records of Taylor Swift. Also, here's the clincher. I'm 100% certain that Taylor Swift has seen my face. Without a doubt, 100% certain. You can ask me questions about that later. Later. <laughs> now, is that a relationship? Is that a two-way relationship? where I am known in this relationship. I might know a lot of facts about someone, but there's a difference between knowing facts about someone and knowing someone. There's a difference between being like almost obsessed like I was a few years ago and, and having nothing back and a two-way healthy relationship. There's a difference here. And we're going to be speaking today about knowing God. Not just like, knowing like I know about Taylor Swift, I know about her, and she doesn't know me back, except she has seen my face. I'll prove it to you later. There's a difference between that and a two-way, beautiful, mutual relationship of love. Okay? That's what we're going to be speaking about today. It doesn't take the entire wisdom of the world to work out that both parties need to recognize and love one another in a relationship to make that relationship work. It doesn't take otherworldly wisdom, but it does take, sorry, otherworldly wisdom for us to recognize that there is no meaning in anything in life as we've seen other than to know God. And to not just know about God, but to know God. To not just have a one-way relationship with God, but to know and love God in a relationship, fearing Him and keeping His commands. We've started this journey trying to understand what is the point? What's the point of everything? What is the meaning? Where is wisdom? How do we go about receiving wisdom and learning more and anything like that? Chat with the person next to you. You have one minute... What is one thing you've learned about wisdom from the book of Ecclesiastes so far? One thing you've learned about wisdom from the book of Ecclesiastes, one minute is starting now. I'd love to hear five things that we've learned about wisdom so far. Rachel and Brody are going to run around with some mics. Five things, chuck your hand up, say what the person next to you said. Hamish has a good point, I already heard this. Can we hear Hamish's point? Five things that we have learned about wisdom from the book of Ecclesiastes so far this week. Things, guys. And we're going, to, we're going to keep those going. I would love for you for those to continue those conversations afterwards. But we're going to dive straight into Ecclesiastes 12 now. And we're going to finish this book. And we're going to look at this relationship, this two-way relationship that God has called every single one of us to look to. God calls us to know Him. Ecclesiastes 12 verse 1, have it open in front of you. Remember your Creator. In the days of your youth, before the days of trouble come and the years approach when you will say, 
I find no pleasure in them. Remember your creator. Now, this isn't a remember like when someone says, remember to take the chicken out of the freezer before I get home, or remember to buy this thing from the shops. This is like, remember. You know, like there's a difference between remember and remember. We're called to dwell upon this. We're called to stop and just, and just think and, and love our creator. Letting, letting this remembering change us. The writer to the Ecclesiastes says, remember your creator in the days of your youth. Youth is an excellent time. You guys are young. You guys are being formed as people as we speak. You're growing up. You're making some mature choices. You're making some less mature choices like Brody. Um, but we're, we're growing up, and as we are forming as people, we're, we're working out who are we going to be as adults? Who are we going to be as, as lifelong followers of Jesus, as lifelong humans? And the wisdom from Ecclesiastes here is get your things in order while you are a young person. Don't put off knowing your creator because that will set you up for life. Knowing Jesus now will set you up for life now and for life eternity. Remember your creator before the days of trouble come. I thought this was a really interesting verse because you could, you could substitute almost anything in to days of trouble there. You could substitute any kind of suffering or, or trauma that you are going through, any kind of thing that could, might hinder you from following Jesus. Remember your creator before it comes. While we're here, while it's nice and light and breezy outside, while we're enjoying time and camp together, remember your creator now so that you are equipped for when trouble comes. Remember your creator before the days of busyness. Remember your creator before the days of suffering, before the days of anxiousness. Remember your creator before the days of rejection, before the days of weariness, and before the days of apathy and not caring at all. Remember your creator. Your high school years and the few years after are going to be absolutely fundamental for your life. Are you going to sit down here now and know the Creator, the Creator who gave Himself for you and who triumphed over death and sin and shame forever? You're going to recognize His eternal wisdom, or are you going to keep living as the main character? Keep doing what you want, keep partying, making money, sleeping around, living for yourself, making every decision only for your own happiness. Junior high, senior high, Christchurch youth, I want you to answer this question in your head and in your heart right now. Are you going to follow God's wisdom forever? Are you going to know God forever? Because remember the Creator in the days of your youth so that when the future comes and when life hits you hard, you are still knowing Him and still holding on to Him. There's an American researcher, he's a, um, David Kinnaman, and he's written a book called You Lost Me. And it, it's set in America, so it's a bit different to our context, but um, he's done lots of research in what happens to young people after they kind of graduate from youth ministry and go into wider church ministry, okay? And he said this, he said, there is in America a 43% drop-off between the teen and early adult years in terms of church engagement. There's 220 people in this room. That'd be like if 70 people, 80 people 
just gave up, threw in the towel, and that when suffering comes, you back out, and you say, I don't need that relationship with the Creator anymore. I don't say this to scare you, but I say this to help prepare you so that when the days of trouble come, you are knowing the Creator. Kinnaman follows with saying this. He says, Many in the next generation find it difficult to move beyond consumers of information and to become people of wisdom. That is, not just coming to church so that you can hear a talk and then, and then go on with your life, but actually become wise. Make good choices because you know and love the Creator. He says, becoming wise doesn't happen by simply saying the prayer like we've done a few times this week, or by memorizing a list of do's and don'ts, or by signing some sort of pledge or completing a six-week program. No, he says this, wisdom is a lifetime process of deep transformation through faith in Christ, knowledge of God's Word, living by the power of the Holy Spirit, and engaging in rich community with other believers. Allow me to say that again. Wisdom is a lifetime process of deep transformation through faith in Christ, knowledge of God's word, living by the power of the Holy Spirit, and engaging in rich community with other believers. If relating to God was just coming to church, coming to camp, just reading your Bible every now and then, if that was the relationship, that's, that's just knowing about God. That's not knowing God. That's not a transformational two-way relationship there. Wisdom has to be your own, and you have to own it, and you have to choose wisdom, because God has already chosen you. Your faith has to be your own. We've often talked about kind of um, piggybacking onto someone else's faith. A lot of people in, in kids, as they grow up in kids' ministry, kind of piggyback onto their parents' faith. Their parents are Christians, so I'm a Christian, I'll hop on. And they might not necessarily love Jesus for themselves, but they just know about Jesus. Sometimes when we head to youth ministry, some youth piggyback on the faith of their leaders or on their friends. They don't know Jesus. They don't know Jesus. They don't remember their creator. They just know about Jesus. And so I want to ask you, is this you? Are you here piggybacking on someone else's faith? Because God's call from Ecclesiastes for you is to remember your creator in the days of your youth. And God's call is this, down to our memory verse. All has been heard. Here is the conclusion of the matter. Fear God and keep his commandments. For this is the duty of all mankind. Fear God. We've talked about it a little bit, but I want to really kind of unpack what it means to fear God now and what that would look like for you. Because fearing God is this relationship. It's this recognition that we are so, 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 so small and that He is absolutely huge, that He is the main character. It's this fear of God that one writer says, it puts us in our place and it puts all other fears and hopes and aspirations in their place. That we would fear God as the one who is king over everything and everything else is still good, sure. Or we might be a bit worried of it, sure, but it is so small compared to the God who is bigger than you and the God who is bigger than your life. 
Another writer says this, the fear of God stops us from thinking we are made for either a passionless performance uh, or a detached knowledge of abstract truths, that's like knowing God in our head. The fear of God backs us into acknowledgement we are made to know God in such a way that our hearts tremble at His beauty and His splendor, that we are remade at the deepest level. Fearing God is being completely and utterly transformed. Fearing God is being in awe of Him. God, my creator, you are spectacular. You are holy. You are perfect. You are blameless. You are everything. The more that we fear God, the more that we see how incredible he is, and the more this puts us in our place in relationship with him. Now, we need to treat this next illustration with a bit of a grain of salt. I'm just preparing you now. Fearing God is Kind of like how I fear Nigel Fortescue, our senior minister. Here he is, looking really serious. Terrifying. Uh, Nigel has the capacity to just fire me, right? Like, he can just go, oh, Josh, like, no thanks. And so I relate to him recognizing that he has power. I relate to him as well, recognizing that he's the leader of our church. And so I submit to him. Uh, I relate to him knowing that he has my best interests at heart uh, because he, he really cares, not just about me as a worker, but as a person and as a brother in Christ. Nigel's worked really hard to help cultivate a healthy sense of fear in our relationship, that I can trust him. I fear him because I trust him. And so when I go into his office, I need to have a sense of respect. I can't just muck around. I need to recognize that he's the boss, that I'm working for him, and that I trust him. That's a bit like us and Jesus. Notice how I said kinder. Notice how I said a bit. It's a bit like us and God. We recognize that God is the boss. We recognize that we submit to him, that we obey him. And we know that he's worked really, really hard so that we can trust him. We can trust him because we know he is good. And this is wisdom. This is wisdom knowing that he is good. Fearing God is a very, very good thing. And fearing God has to lead to obeying God. All part of knowing God. Fearing God, obeying God. We are called to keep his commandments. We're called to do what he says. I wouldn't look like much of a Taylor Swift, Swift fan. I wouldn't look like I know Taylor Swift if I know zero of her songs. I wouldn't look like I loved my parents if I refused to do anything that they say. Fearing God, being in a relationship with God, a two-way relationship has to mean obeying Him. God has loved us by sending Jesus to die for us, and so we're called to love Him to be thankful for him and for what Jesus has done. Wise people obey their creator. Wise people obey their creator. Now, that's not to say that that's easy because obeying God and submitting to God and recognizing God's the main character is saying no to yourself, saying no to what you want to do and saying yes to what God wants you to do. 
And so don't think that when obedience is hard that it's not worth it. Remember your creator in the days of your youth so that when trouble comes or so that when you need to obey, you can do that. Knowing God doesn't, doesn't mean that it will be easy. Knowing God means we don't need to try and, we, and we, we don't make our own mistakes. God knows what is good for us. God knows what is best for us. He loves us. There's not a single command of God in the Bible that is for your bad. Have you ever thought of that? Every single thing that is in the Bible is for your good and for God's glory. And so are you going to submit to God's wisdom? Are you going to fear God and keep his commands? Um, Nigel, when we um, talked about Ecclesiastes with Year 12, Nigel came to one of the sessions and he said, there are three ways that young people often really struggle with wisdom and really struggle with obeying God. And those are these three things, sex, alcohol, and money. And for some of you, these things might not be problems, but they might be in the future. Are you going to obey God when it comes to sex? Are you going to see sex as a good thing within marriage and to not have anything to do with it when you are not married? What about alcohol? Are you going to submit to the law and not drink alcohol before the age of 18? And are you going to submit to God and, and not get drunk because we're called to have self-control as Christians? And money, we've already talked a heap about that. Are you going to be generous with what God has given you? These are things that it is really hard for young people to submit to. It's really hard for slightly less young people to submit to. But God loves us. God calls us to cherish and to treasure him and to obey him, to fear him and to keep his commands. And we're going to do this all of our days. Lexi, yesterday, when she came and she told me that she put her trust in Jesus, I said, today is your new birthday. I said, today is the day where you have life in Jesus, the 17th of January, 2023. And that can be a milestone to keep looking back to. That every year you can celebrate and thank God for the new life that he has given you. And you can keep going until Jesus calls you home. That's the same for us. We're called to know God, not just for a little bit. We're called to know God all of our days. Fear God. Keep his command, because this is the point. The relationship with the creator who loves you and who calls you into a bigger and more beautiful story than you could ever write for yourself. To be in awe of him, to do what is truly best for you by recognizing that he is good and greater and more gracious and more gentle. This is the God, the creator, the one who took himself out of being the main character for the sake of you. Here in Philippians chapter 2 is the picture of Jesus who chose to not be the main character anymore for you. Head over to Philippians chapter 2. It's in the New Testament. It's on page 1043 in my Bible. This is the picture of Jesus that laid down his right to be the main character for your sake. That went to the cross for your sake because he loves you and he wants a two-way relationship with you. Jesus, who, being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing. 
by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. This is the God who we are in relationship with, the one who has lowered himself that we may be raised, the one who died to take our shame, the one who loves us and who reigns forever. God loves you and God wants you to keep loving him. Christchurch youth, I want you to keep knowing Jesus and keep knowing Jesus all of your days. Keep looking at this picture of Jesus who put your interests above his own, who made you the main character at the cost of himself. And this is the God that is spectacular. Verse 9, therefore God exalted him to the highest place. Do I have these on the slides, Annie? There we are. Yep, sorry, I'm blind. Uh, Therefore God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Jesus is the King. Jesus is, if you trust Him, Jesus is your King. Fear Him and keep His commands. There is nothing better than you can do. Trust Him. Love Him. Be quick to say sorry to Him because He is quick to forgive us. Be quick to recognize every day, day after day, until you die or until He returns, that He is the main character that every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord. And we do this through fearing him. Continuing on in Philippians 2, Therefore, my dear friends, as you've always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence, this is Paul writing to encourage this church, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purpose. Work out your salvation with fear. The wisdom of God comes from fear. Fear God. Keep his commands and do that. Do that working, working out your salvation with fear and traveling, knowing that he is going to continue He is going to be at work. He is going to, like we saw in verse 13 there in Philippians 2, will and act in order to fulfill his good purpose that we pray is with you, to know you and to love you for the rest of your days. It's currently the year 2023. I don't think that's news to any of you. But in 2012, I was sitting in this very room 11 11 years ago, and I met some friends who invited me Uh, on a camp here, and we invited me at another camp in July, Uh, and when I went in July of 2012 to this camp, I realized fear of God. I realized that I was living as the main character, I was intentionally deciding to do what I wanted, to do what I pleased, to do whatever made me feel happy, and I realized as I was struck with how big God was, how wrong I was, that he would bring every deed into judgment including every hidden thing, and I knew what was hidden in my heart, and I did not want a bar of it, but I put my trust in Jesus. Jesus saved me through his grace. Since then, there's been ups and downs in my faith. I'm by no means a perfect Christian, my friends. 
There have been ups and downs. There have been times where I have been so arrogant and thought that my wisdom trumped God's, right? There was so many times where I thought, Josh, you know better than God here. It says it in God's word, but eh, you'll be okay. I urge you, fear God and keep his commands. There have been moments in my life that I'm proud of and moments in my life that I'm the very opposite, but Jesus keeps holding on to me because he's willing and acting everything according to his purpose. The creator loves me. I'm a child of his and I listen to and I obey him. God has got me and that's why I keep growing. I remember my creator because 10 years and six months ago, I committed to following him all of my days. Day in, day out, trusting and loving Jesus. Now, I don't share this to speak of how great I am. This is literally the opposite of the point there. I share this to show that you can grow as a Christian through fearing God and through keeping his commands. And while sometimes it might feel like three steps forward, four steps back, keep fearing God, keep obeying his commands. Trusting in Jesus can be done. Trusting in Jesus for the rest of our days ought to be done because he is good. He is king. He reigns forever. He loves you. Submit to his wisdom, guys. Fear God and keep his commands.